There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm John Weeks and this is The Leader. Today we respond to an international crisis with British values. We are honest about the challenges and we are fair in our solutions. Yes, we take difficult decisions to tackle inflation and keep mortgage rates down. But our plan also leads to a shallower downturn, lower energy bills, higher growth and a stronger NHS and education system. Our fourth Chancellor of the Year set out his plans for the country's finances, which included a wave of tax rises, spending cuts, but also some short-term funding for the NHS and schools. This medium-term budget's aimed at plugging the £50 to £60 billion hole in our finances, as inflation is at a 40-year high and we're heading into a recession. So why don't we go through it one issue at a time, starting with tax rises. Well, obviously, a lot announced by Jeremy Hunt today, a lot to get your head round. It's worth saying a lot of it was trailed in advance. There were not many surprises. The Evening Standard's deputy political editor, David Bond, is in Westminster, where it's all been happening. I mean, the main ones to look at are the energy windfall tax, which has been expanded and extended. So, There will be a new temporary 45% tax on companies that generate electricity, which will apply from January. And the existing windfall tax on the profits of oil and gas firms has been increased from 25% to 35%. So taken together, that will provide quite a big slug over the next five years uh, for the Treasury. Elsewhere, most of the tax rises were done in this kind of stealthy way. So there weren't sort of one pence put on the income rate, basic rate or anything like that. It was more about freezing the thresholds at which people start to pay tax. And so those have been frozen. So given that we're in an inflationary period, what tends to happen is people get dragged above those thresholds as their earnings rise, as as people get pay rises to keep up with inflation. Obviously, a lot of people, particularly public sector workers, arguing that they're not being paid enough or their increases aren't enough to keep up with inflation, but they nevertheless are getting increases and that will drag them into these new higher tax bands. The most notable one is the 45p top rate of tax, which is paid by the highest earners. Now you will fall into that if you earn £125,000 a year or more. Previously, it was 150000 
uh, pounds. So that actually will will affect quite a lot of people and raise some extra money from the Treasury. Uh, elsewhere, there were some uh, also frozen thresholds on things like capital gains tax, on the inheritance tax, all of which will will actually lead to improved revenues for the Treasury. So, David, how do you think these tax rises will be received by the public? By the public, they will obviously be seen as unpopular because already we had the highest tax burden since the Second World War. We had Liz Truss, Quasi Quarteng's tax slashing mini budget, which was supposed to correct that and bring the tax burden down. But after today's announcements, it's been confirmed by the Treasury that we are still going to have the highest tax burden since the Second World War. So, you know, we are paying an awful lot of tax. The government argues that actually, you know, is still relatively competitive compared to other G7 countries. But, you know, no doubt it will add to the pain that all households are feeling. And if you look at the Conservative Party in terms of uh, how this might play out, there are already a few Conservatives few backbenchers who are expressing uh, unease about the tax rising measures. Now on to spending cuts. David, what are the most significant cuts announced today? So actually, what's really interesting spending, and this may take a while to sort of disentangle, but in the short term, next couple of years, actually spending goes up. So the argument the Treasury is making is that as we go into a recession, so the Office for Budget Responsibility in its accompanying forecasts today has made it clear that it thinks that the UK is already in a recession. So the argument is from the Treasury, look, we need to maintain spending, we need to help people with support on things like energy bills, uprating benefits in line with inflation, uprating the state pension in line with inflation to try and help people get through what is going to be a very tough period. And then after 2024, 2025, then you will see government spending begin to fall in real terms. And then that is where a lot of the uh, the money, £30 billion, to fill this £55 billion uh, fiscal black hole will come from. Uh, so uh, scheduled public spending will be maintained until 2025, but then grow more slowly than previously expected. Uh, but there were a couple of surprises. Um, in England, the NHS budget will increase by £3.3 billion a year for the next two years, and spending on schools will increase 2.3 billion pounds over that period. So there were some extra handouts that perhaps we haven't been uh, expecting. Defence spending will be maintained at 2% of national income, but clearly that's a fair way short of the promises that were being made both by Boris Johnson when he was Prime Minister and then by Liz Truss, who was talking about raising it to 3% uh, of GDP. But as I say, I think government spending, the plan is that it will tail off after 2024. Um, but in the, in, the sh- in the next couple of years, it will be maintained at the same levels. Another big thing from the announcement today is the fact that the energy price cap is going to continue from April, albeit at a higher rate. Um, but this one's a bit of a double-edged sword, isn't it? Because it's A, good to have a cap, but at the same time, it does mean ha- higher bills potentially from April, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a really tough one, this, for the government, because they clearly wanted to make sure that they weren't just abandoning all households from next April when the current energy support package was due to run out, which keeps average bills capped at around £2,500 a year for the average household. Instead, what will happen now is that that will now go up to £3,000, which is about £1,000 less than forecast in terms of where energy bills will go to. So obviously that will save people £1,000, but it's still an increase on what they're paying now, which is already an increase on what they've uh, been paying previously in the last 12 months. 
So they will be spending a lot of money, the government, on continuing to help all households, but they're probably not going to get the credit for it because people will still feel the pinch when it comes to paying their energy bills. Uh, On top of that, it's also worth saying they have been quite generous in the targeted support for those on means-tested benefits. They will get £900 in support payments next year. There will be £300 to pensioner households and £150 for individuals on disability benefits. So some quite generous targeted stuff there, which I think will go down well at the same time as limiting and reducing the burden in terms of the overall outlay on uh, the energy support package because if they'd gone to £4,000 a year then that would have continued to cost eye-watering sums for the Treasury. So what's your assessment of these measures as a total package David? What's the sort of mood in Westminster following the announcement? Well, it's pretty grim. I mean, Jeremy Hunt delivered his statement. It's almost funereal in the chamber. You know, it was it was as he, you know, a lot of trails, a lot of ground prepared by Jeremy Hunt in the run up to the statement to get people ready for it. But when it was delivered, it was still very difficult to swallow. And I think it's going to be uh, a painful period for lots of people. It is worth saying that this really provides a very difficult dilemma for Labour because given that spending is going to sort of be maintained at the the same levels over the next couple of years, there's even more money for the NHS, even more money for schools in the next couple of years. Of course, that takes you up to the 2024 general election. So the dilemma for Labour will be whether they adopt the spending real terms cuts that come after the tax rises or the freezing of thresholds that come in after, or whether they try and offer a different plan for restoring the public finances in the next parliament. That's that's going to be a really interesting question, which will play out next 18 months. Let's take a break now. In part two, we'll hear from Fran Boyt, economist and executive director at the non-profit organisation Positive Money. So there wasn't enough about the need to increase wages because obviously if prices are going up and incomes aren't, people are automatically being forced into the red and are going to be struggling further and further. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Joining me now is Fran Boitz, an economist and executive director from the non-profit organisation Positive Money. So first of all, Fran, can you just give us your assessment of this budget announcement this afternoon? Sure. Well, what we've heard today is, in real terms, public sector spending cuts. And, you know, whilst 
this budget was a U-turn from the disastrous bankers' budget in September, it still fell short of providing households, families, workers, the stability they need and prices are going up and up and people are really struggling. And something that stood out for me was that Hunt, you know, he twice pointed to the drivers behind inflation being global energy prices. He later even spoke about how volatile energy prices were a reason for doing energy efficiency measures, but he didn't match that with important analysis of what that should mean. So, you know, critically wages, you know, so prices are out of our control due to global factors, but incomes are not. And so there wasn't enough about the need to increase wages because obviously if prices are going up and incomes aren't, people are automatically being forced into the red and are going to be struggling further and further. I think there's still a kind of out of touch level of like what is happening to people and, you know, prices are going up and people just don't have um, the means to cover it. And you've got to remember this budget comes after 12 years of conservative cuts to public services, privatisation, and they're really at breaking point. So what we needed today was, you know, a solid plan that could support people through the cost of living crisis and rebuild our public services. But that's not what got and it's not what's going to be delivered. One of the things, the, probably the biggest thing actually on people's minds at the moment going into the winter is, of course, energy costs. We now know there will be a cap from next year, albeit a, a higher cap. But that is a bit of a positive development, isn't it? I mean, I think the cap from April being at 3,000 is still just incredibly high. When people are really struggling, you know, not knowing how they're going to get through the winter and really needing some security that prices are going to be coming down, you know, so these caps, you might say they're a step in the right direction, but the reality is they're just not bringing costs down enough so that people aren't getting forced into really struggling situations you know families not being able to put food on the table for days you know we're in pretty serious situation and I I think the what was delivered today just isn't matching that there were some important steps in the right direction you know the increase on windfall tax the lowering of tax-free allowances on capital gains and dividends increases on the top rate of earners but again he could have gone much further I think to ensure that there were no real public term spending cuts and again, to make sure energy prices really come down next year. One proposal that we've been advocating at Positive Money is that there's going to be £80 billion basically given to banks for higher interest rates on central bank reserves. And there's no reason that they should be getting this £80 billion for nothing. And that could be claimed back to go towards the much needed investment we need in public spending. And the other big challenge for everyone in the country is, of course, inflation caused by a cocktail of things that no one really wanted. The OBR has predicted it will drop next year to around 7% from around 11% now. Do you think that's a realistic prospect? And how much will people see that day to day, say, in a year's time? Sure. Well, we know, you know, what's going to really bring down the inflation rate in the UK is those energy prices. And it is down to, to the government to look at that energy price cap. So there's, you know, there's no reason, as, as I've said, there's a whole list of measures that we could be thinking about that we couldn't be bringing that down further. There's also the, the cost of food. That's a really big driver. And then there's a huge part of which, which it won't be in, um, in CPI, but a a really important cost of living is obviously housing. We've seen, you know, the Bank of England increase 
interest rates, you know, even though they've said that that won't do much to tackle inflation, which is caused by energy, they've increased them anyway, really fast. And so, you know, mortgage rates are going to be going up. There's actually likely to be a housing downturn next year. So people are really feeling it from all directions. And as I said, this kind of, well, as you said, the kind of cocktail of, of economic forces comes at a time, you know, after this over a decade of real cuts to public spending. So we just have an incredibly weak and unequal economy in the UK. And what we've heard today just isn't going to give people that security. The big piece that was missing, as I mentioned, is, is the conversation about wages. You know, when prices have been going up and up, and, you know, even 7%, OK, it's less than double digits, but it's still huge. People need to be getting paid more. Otherwise, they just can't cope with these increases, increase in prices. There's more news, interviews and analysis in the Evening Standard newspaper and at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. Thanks for listening. We're back tomorrow afternoon at four o'clock. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.